You're listening to Building the Brand Podcast on the OBBM Network. Host Paul Hittner brings inspirational insight to the branding conversation, discussing key strategies with local and nationally known brands making their mark and staking their ground. Learn how knowing and communicating your core values can take your brand to the next level and connect to your audience like never before. Here's your host, DFW's brand developer, Paul Hittner. Hello, visionaries, entrepreneurs, relentless drivers out there. We have a really nice guest today. Her name is Sissy Littlefield, and she sells soaps. She makes the soap. She does all the, all the aspects of her company, but she didn't always do that. Today, we're going to talk about her entrepreneurial journey and how she went from the corporate environment all the way to running the whole show herself. Sissy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. All right. Good to have you. So... You uh, you had some entrepreneurship in your blood a little bit, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't your initial path. Tell us a little bit about your background and um, and where the entrepreneurship in your family came from. Okay, um, my grandparents. I'm I'm a native Texan, so mm-hmm. my grandparents have. Uh, we live. We were from the Panhandle of Texas, and my my granddad was a farmer rancher, and. He also had several other businesses. He was a pilot. He um, was a Democratic representative for the state of Texas. He was on the Texas Board of Education. So he was very involved, not only in the development of um, irrigation in the panhandle, he was also part of getting some things passed so the oil companies would work with them. So I had a really good example of someone who started with nothing and just went, did amazing things. And he, and he built it all. I mean, you say farmer, rancher, the immediate thing that comes to, head, to my head is someone who works really hard. And then you, you mentioned all the other things he did. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think of farmers as entrepreneurs, but they really are. They really handle a whole entire operation but he was involved in politics too. So mm-hmm. he was able to use entrepreneurship to, to be involved in the community. Uh, so, so what about, what about your grandfather? What did he instill into you uh, that kind of led you down eventually the path of entrepreneurship? What he did was he was always um, motivating. Like he would get up every morning at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, he had his little uniform that he would wear, which was his khakis and he would uh, have breakfast, and then he'd be gone. Uh, he would come back in mid-morning. We would always have lunch. We would, then, then he'd go back out. So, you know, it was always something in him that I could see. There was a light, you know, there was like a, a drive that he had, and it was, it was fun. It wasn't drudgery. It was, okay, let's go. We're going to go count cows, you know, <laughs> or we're going to go change irrigation pipes. So, and, and that's work. That's not, you know, <laughs> that's physical labor. So that's not something that you uh, always enjoy doing, especially when it's 100 degrees outside or it's freezing cold that, in the wintertime. That's so. another skill set of farmers people don't talk about is, is uh, being able to make farm work sound fun to their little kids that become their helpers. So That's right. <laughs> I, I have a friend of mine from back in Iowa and he, he was always getting dragged into his dad's farm work, you know, it's part of the mm-hmm. job, but, uh, very cool. So, so let's shift a little bit toward, uh, you getting involved in okay. entrepreneurship. Um, 
your first experience was a little bit of a, a tennis coach in in college. Can you talk a little bit about that, how you got into that? Sure. Um, I loved playing tennis. I'd played tennis pretty much my entire life. And so when I was a senior in high school, I had people asking me if I would want to teach them how to play. So the local um, country club let me borrow their courts, and I would give tennis lessons. You know, after I, uh, I had another job as I worked at a fertilizer place. But then once I was through there, then I would go ahead and work, do the tennis lessons. So that was a really uh, great thing for me because I could, I realized how to make money. And I was able to keep that money, and I had a tennis scholarship for for school. So the money I made there, I was able to use, you know, throughout the year without having to borrow money or get money from my parents. And my parents already had five kids, so they didn't, you know, that's a lot to have to deal with and fund them at the same time. Gotcha. After the farming life, uh, you, you kind of transitioned and went to college, and you eventually wound up. Uh, with a business opportunity that came from your grandpa. You started uh, working in a bank. Is mm-hmm. that true? That's true. So tell us more about uh, your your journey within the bank and, I guess, climbing the corporate ladder and your experience with that. Okay. So I, I got married very young, and I had a son. Um, and in your mind, you're always thinking, you know, I've got to, sur- I've got to provide for my family. And... When I was working at the bank, it wasn't that it was just, you know, hard work. It was enjoyable work. It was steady income. It taught me a lot of different things about how to um, organize, how to uh, talk to people, how to learn things. And I, I quickly realized I was really good at pretty much anything I set my mind to. So as I was working through these different positions uh, at the bank, I was learning about sales. I was learning about uh, communication. I was learning about products. I was learning about how to do my job. The one thing that I didn't like a whole lot of the time was the restrictiveness. Because I'm a very creative person, I uh, have outside ideas that, you know, corporate has their plan. You do their plan. You mm-hmm. go by their rules. And I'm not a very good rule follower. <laughs> so, Sounds like an so, entrepreneur to so me. So it was always a constant battle for me because I was having to go by the rules and I didn't like going by the rules and I would try to push the rules and I would push, push, push as far as I could. And, you know, and they knew it. They knew that was uh, the way I was. But out of that comes good things. You know, you get uh, where in a corporate situation, you, you, you get stale, you get um, bored, you get all kinds of frustrating things happening. And so for me, um, that was one of the things that I didn't like about it. And I never liked it. Hmm. Never. I made, the, I made the best situation out of what I could make at the time. Yeah, we'll we'll get into uh, we'll get into how you eventually were able to leave the corporate structure and how you were able to develop your own business in a little bit. Mm-hmm. For now, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of the Building the Brand podcast. I'm Paul Hidner. Make sure to subscribe to the OBBM Network on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you don't miss a thing. Here's a word from our sponsors. 
strong business has always been the clear economic indicator. Work Suites in Allen, Texas is just one of 18 locations in DFW and Houston that support your necessary transitions with full service and affordable workspaces for upgrading or downsizing your current workload. You need to be focused on growth. Trust the office experts and helpful staff at WorkSuites to take care of everything else, from dedicated phone lines and internet to furnished executive and co-working spaces. The OBBM network has tripled our business on the short months we've been with WorkSuites and encourages you to step out boldly, make the tough decisions, and give back to work your way. Your nation depends on it. The OBBM network acknowledges that this is a pivotal time in history, and it is clear the United States of America has been undermined by many of our elected officials for some time now. We want our local business audience to stand strong in the face of what we now understand and to be empowered to grow our businesses on the local level beyond the limitations that have been imposed upon us. We believe it is in our national interest to inspire our communities through strong economic development and, additionally, to hold our elected officials accountable for accurate representation of We the People. For that reason, we encourage you to go to WeStandForFreedom.com to learn about the National Write Your Congressman organization that has been the trusted communication tool for local communities for over 60 years. Learn how your representatives are voting. Understand the laws and regulations under consideration on the state and federal level before they are enacted at the county and city levels. Communicate directly with these officials and stand up for yourself, for by doing so, you will protect the communities you serve from tyrannical rule and unconstitutional reforms. The OBBM Network is the premier voice for local business, and we take that responsibility seriously. The OBBM Network has everything you need to grow and transition your business for success on popular syndicated podcast networks, Roku and other video channels, and the OBBM Network app. We work for you, local business, and we've got your back. Welcome back to Building the Brand. This is Paul Hidner. And I'm here with Sissy Littlefield, and she is a solopreneur. She handles all the aspects of her business. And I think her story can relate to a lot of people who have been in that corporate environment that uh, really want to leave. They just don't know how or they don't know when, and they, they find all these reasons to stay. Sissy, how long were you with that bank? Well, I was in the banking industry about 25 years. Gotcha. And, and what kinds of things made you stay? And uh, after that... When you decided it wasn't for you anymore, what what uh, what kind of held you there longer than when you really wanted to leave? Well, I, I liked the banking in you know I liked banking in the fact that it would help people. You know they would help people get a loan, uh, buy a house, whatever it is that they were needing to do. And I helped develop programs for that, sales uh, manuals, you know all kinds of things. And in the end, what happened was I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with the way it was going. I wasn't happy with the way the banking industry was turning its back on people. So um, for me, I wasn't enjoying my job anymore. And it got to the point where I, I you know, I, I prayed about it. I was like, you know, God, I need a, I need a sign. Because I was mm-hmm. been, I'd learned about soap and started making soap on the side was getting really good feedback. And then on the other side, I had my bank job, my responsibilities there, but it was conflicting. It was very conflicting. So you're, you started uh, taking on the hobby of building or creating soap uh, to kind of 
fill that happiness void that you weren't getting from your work anymore. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's true because I've always loved soap. I've always <laughs> loved soap. I've always loved perfume. I've always loved lotion. You know, anything that smells good or when you smell it, it takes you to different places or or whatever it is. It, it's, a, it's a magical, you know, thing that affects our body and our mind and our spirit. And so it just got to the point where one day I was like, this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do it. And I, I stopped on, I think it was April, the last day of April, and started my business the first day of May. Did you and have I gave much notice. of a- I gave notice. You're, I'm done. I'm leaving. A five-minute notice? Yep, pretty much a five-minute <laughs> notice because <laughs> I wasn't going to go back, yes. you know? So, so did you really have a, a plan? I think a lot of people are limited by saying, well, I need a business plan. I, well, I need this. Well, I got to have this in place before I make the leap. Oh, I know. How, um, I, how prepared were you? <laughs> you know, I could have been a lot more prepared because I was probably not as prepared as you should have been. But I, I did go ahead and do it because I figured, you know, if I worked that hard for somebody else, if I put that energy into something that I'm doing, it's going to work. So the very first day I got up the next morning, I got up and this was my habit for the next three years. What am I going to do to make money? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And, you know, opportunity is always there when you're ready to see it. And Mm. a lot of times people aren't ready to see it yet. But at that moment in that time, you know, I asked God to give me a sign. He gave me the sign. He gave me the opportunity. He, he opened my eyes to see what I could do. And um, that was a pivotal moment for me. So every morning, and I had a friend of mine, he'd always say, make it happen. So you find a way. And maybe the plans aren't like drawn out as specifically as they should be. But at the moment, you know, the main thing that I was needing to do is make money. And so my activities included looking for places where I could do that, set places up. Um, and I'd already been out to some events, and uh, my soap had done re- fairly well. And uh, the first one I went to, uh, I think the weekend was a three-day weekend, and I made $800. Mm-hmm. And and I thought I made a million dollars, you know, that weekend because it was something that I was able to do and feel good about and know that someone was willing to pay for, you know, what I was doing. And so I it, it I never stopped. I never looked back. You went from taking the value that someone else had created for you to sell to actually creating value from your heart, literally making the soap with your own hands, mm-hmm. and then finding a way to sell it, taking it to market, and actually, you know, helping people feel good mm-hmm. or fix their problems, whichever one. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a, a very gratifying feeling. And I'm sure the man- money right away wasn't as good as a banker's salary, <laughs> but but uh, you found a way to make it work. Right. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, how she makes it work as a, as a solopreneur, how she juggles all the different aspects of her company. It's a, it's a simple product, soaps, uh, but... You know, she was able to expand it in a lot of ways, and we're going to find out how she did that when we come back. You're listening to Building the Brand with Paul Hidner. How'd you like to be more efficient and more secure when you transact money in your business? 
Hey, Daybo Payment Solutions helps you keep as much as possible when money moves through your company. Now, if you get in a hurry or you have limited information about a card you're processing, you're spending way more for that transaction than you may realize. Go to DaybowPay.com to work with live, local people who can help you think through the best solution for your environment, your type of business, and the number of anticipated transactions. People think all payment gateways are the same, but with Daybo Pay, that's D-A-B-O-W-P-A-Y.com, Daybo with a W, you can retain more of your hard-earned dollars. Daybo Payment Solutions offers consultative education, a customized process, helping you improve the way money moves through your company so you can keep more of it. Go to D-A-B-O-W-P-A-Y.com to get started today, DaybowPay.com. When it's time to perform, it's too late to practice. First Safety Training in DFW supports local communities and churches through firearms training and nonviolent dispute resolution training. Understand the laws related to weapons and deadly force, handgun use and safety, and proper storage practices. A trained and licensed gun-carrying citizen will react quicker to protect themselves and others. Call 214-808-9757 to schedule your Introduction to Handguns, License to Carry, Active Shooter, Church Security, and survival training. Be prepared for the best possible outcome of a weaponized attack. Make sure the law is on your side in the event deadly force is necessary. Call 214-808-9757 and work with former law enforcement trainers and range officers. Meet all municipal, county, state, and federal regulations. Understand your gun and how to care for it properly. Call First Safety Training at 214-808-9757 today. Welcome back to Building the Brand. This is Paul Hidner. I'm here with Sissy Littlefield, the owner of Sissy's Soapery. And uh, she uh, has developed her business from the ground up. She left the corporate world and she was able to, to build her brand around a relatively simple product that we all know. We all, you know, there's nothing new about soap. Sissy, tell us a, a little bit about how you how you developed your brand, how you how you went from a lady with experience in banking mm-hmm. uh, to creating a product and marketing it yourself? That's a good question, Paul, because um, it, it was kind of uh, a uh, evolution because you have in your mind what you think it should be, and then your customers kind of tell you what happens. You get feedback from right. the market, and you got to yeah. go back to the drawing board sometimes. Exactly. And so, um, you know, just listening to people tell me about how the soap helped them, um, what, you know, the whole nine yards about it. I never expected, I know this sounds awful because you're supposed to plan, but Mm -hmm. when I was selling soap, I never realized that people would come back and buy it. Well, that's the point of having a product, right? I was like, uh, oh, they're coming back? Oh, okay. I'm happy about this. So, um, Folks, just just for you listeners out there, that means it's good soap, okay? Yeah, it's good. (laughs) It's really good. And so anyway, that was was pretty much, you know, what I would would do is listen to my my people coming back and telling me about it, which was very gratifying, too. So um, once I figured that out, you know, you always want to try to do more. You always think more is better. And what happens a lot of time with products is sometimes more isn't better. Sometimes more is confusing. And mm. so that was one of the things that I found out. You can offer a whole lot of things, 
but it's uh, for a for a person to make a decision. I kind of kept it simple because I knew what already sold. I had been to markets. I knew what uh, you know. Kind of did my own test marketing when I was at. Uh, Canton, Texas. It's one of the biggest uh, markets in in the world. A trade show, right? It's a trade like a show. Farmers market. Yeah, five hundred thousand people go through there. So, with my banking background, what happened is I was able to do market research and find the things that they liked because I knew if they liked it there, they would like it everywhere. Now, that would probably control uh, your pricing. Would some of your products be priced a little differently based on the demand and how popular they are? Well, it, it was interesting because things developed out of that. I never realized about wholesale. I never, you know, I did think about uh, online, uh, having a website. But as I was going through these experiences, um, you know, people would ask me, can I buy wholesale from you? You know, well, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I hadn't thought about a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. then I was like, sure. I didn't have a price sheet. I didn't know what I was going to charge him yet, but I said yes. Because uh, demand is the mother of invention. Well, it was. Mm-hmm. So what I did is, uh, you know, I developed a price sheeting for wholesale. And then a couple of years later, I went into the online store. And, you know, the thing about how this all develops is it's like three businesses in one and you didn't even plan it that way. It's just because of how, you know, you look around, you see what it, where it's coming from, how it's coming to you and you figure out how to make it work. I, I was not a proactive planner. I was more of a reactive planner. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you, can you tell? And so anyway, the, the three businesses developed and in the middle of all that, you know, you've got yourself to deal with as well. Mm-hmm. So as balance, a, I mean, you have as a solopreneur, you're doing the marketing, the supply chain, uh, working with vendors, correct. Um, all, all every aspect of the company. So balance is probably pretty important. Yeah. And stress and fear and everything else that goes along with it. And so I had to learn how to really be transformational in inside. And so what I did is I I uh I did I have continual conversations with God every day, all day long, which when you realize that you know you have that influence and that security and that love, which is really all we're after, then whatever you're doing it makes it a lot easier. So, you know, I, re- I read the books, Conversations with God. I read the, the, the Around the Year with Emmett Fox. You know, I study, I do um, meditation, you know, those sort of things. So that way, whenever I'm in a situation where we are going through something hard, I'm okay. You know, I know I'm going to be okay. I've got that. Um, peace within me. And I think that's really what this is all about. As a a business owner, you want to enjoy what you do, but at the same time, it's your life. It's, It's your soul. It's your spirit. And I think that is something that we've forgotten in corporate America or in America or all over the world in general is our spirit. It needs to be fed. It needs to grow. It needs to transform. And mine just happened to be my business. You know, it just happened to be that I could apply all that 
and still do well in a business. And you know, we, we spend so much of our lives working, uh, mm-hmm. doing our, our, our profession and building our careers. So, you know, I, I, my whole mission around Biz Visionary is getting people to combine what they love doing, finding a way to make money doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're someone who kind of lives that out. You, you turned a hobby into a, a way to make money. Mm-hmm. So as we tie this up, what kind of final thoughts or final advice would you have to people who are on that ledge, they feel trapped at a, at a, uh, at a corporate environment? And they really don't enjoy it anymore. Their heart, their spirit, their soul is not in it anymore. Mm-hmm. What would you uh, tell those people? And how, how can you get them to, to start a life or a path of an entrepreneur? I believe that, you know, the hardest part of anything is making a decision. So fear can keep you, it can do two things. It can paralyze you where you don't do anything and you get the same thing over and over. Or you let fear be your motivation. And knowing that it's fearful, it's okay. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be uh, scared. As long as that is, um, you know, driving you along. Because eventually it's easier. Eventually you're going to be okay with it. That first step is, is always the hardest. Well, she took that first step. She didn't have much of a plan, but she knew she had to take that first step. So we really appreciate you sharing your story, Sissy. Thanks, Paul. And uh, for all you listeners out there, if you're ready to take that first step to build your own brand and get out there and start promoting what you're passionate about, uh, feel free to go to bizvisionary.com and type the promo code OBBM right there on the homepage for 50% off my master collection of brand development workshops. Uh, It's a collection of interactive business tools, worksheets, checklists, things like that that I use with my clients to develop their brand and give them the confidence they need to make that leap. Uh, There's other resources there for you at bizvisionary.com, B-I-Z-visionary.com. Go ahead and visit there to start reaching more people in more meaningful ways. Again, you're listening to Building the Brand. This is Paul Hidner with the OBBM Network. You've been listening to Building the Brand Podcast on the OBBM Network. Subscribe to the OBBM Network wherever you listen to podcasts. To be a guest or sponsor Building the Brand Podcast, call 214-984-2773 or email paul at bizvisionary.com. Building the Brand Podcast is produced by Offbeat Business Media, LLC for the OBBM Network and protected under copyright law. Please direct programming inquiries to 214-714-0495.